got plenty to be thankful for. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm Carolyn Hutchison for Community Focus, sitting in with Kyle Gassett of East Alabama Arts. And Kyle, as you well know, is a former NPR producer. You've been hearing his voice on the airwaves. Great to be in the studio with you. Well, thank you, Carolyn. It's so nice to be spending another Thanksgiving here with you. This is two in a row. And I'm Really excited to come and share what we've got going with the East Alabama Memory Project. And we also want to promote a very special event, which is happening tomorrow, the National Day of Listening. You have been recording people in East Alabama, and we're going to be listening to what they say in just a few moments. But the thing is, you also have a way for your listeners all over our coverage area to record and upload to East Alabama Arts, right? That's correct, yes. Since tomorrow is the National Day of Listening, you can go to storycore.org and get directions on how to record your loved one. And they walk you through from, from getting the equipment, which is usually just finding a tape recorder somewhere, and getting them recorded and then preserving it. And they even give you the questions to ask. It's, it's an interview generator. And, and you can sit down with your loved one, ask them questions, and then that's an archive for you to keep. Now, if you'd like to have that be part of the East Alabama Memory Project, we'd certainly love to have you join us. You can email us at info at eastalabamaarts.org. That's I-N-F-O at eastalabamaarts.org. And then we'll email you directions, which is basically how to upload to our Dropbox online. So you can just, from the comfort of your home, take that file that you have with, recorded with your loved one and send it to us, and it'll be part of the archive, and we'll have it preserved. Okay, and the StoryCorps website is storycorps.org. Let's hear some samples of what you've been learning from the listeners. Let me tell you about what we're going to hear today, and I think these stories are perfect for Thanksgiving Day. The first one is from Tantua Fields from Opelika, and the three three of these four were recorded one day at the at the community cultural and conference center and it was an afternoon of just sharing stories and she is our very first east alabama memory project rec- recording and and she came in with her daughter and i asked her to, to share a story that she wanted her daughter to know and she told us this story about riding on a bike my name is tantua fields and i'm 42 years old i live in opelika where we lived, we always just liked to bike ride, you know, up and down the hill, sidewalks or whatever. And one of my friends lived up on the hill, and I would always just pull her on my bicycle. Kids don't pull kids on bicycles. Now you have one person riding the bicycle, but I would pull her, and she would sit on the seat, and I would ride up and down the monkey ride, we would call it. And, okay, we were doing really well, and we decided, I decided I was going to let go and ride with no hands like you normally do by yourself. Well, I let go. She decided she wanted so we had a bad wreck. So I skin all my toes up. They're still skint today. <laughs> and I got in trouble. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was pretty funny. So as you can hear, that's a really fun story that I think anybody would want to hear from their parent at one point or another. And we all remember riding those bicycles. Exactly, exactly. Well, this next story is a is a very interesting one and a lot of people in East Alabama know about the camp that was in Opelika for German soldiers. And so Albert Killian, Colonel Albert Killian, has written a book about this particular um, camp and its history. It's available at the Museum of East Alabama. And it's a, a fascinating story about 
the number of soldiers that were, that were brought to Alabama when they were captured in wartime Germany. And at one point, uh, Colonel Killian had one of these former soldiers come down and to, to look at the camp. And so he relayed that story in this particular excerpt. And I think this would be something our listeners would be really interested in. Uh, Albert Killian, uh, Albert Killian Sr., that is, uh, and I am at this point, uh, will be in September 81. I was born in Salem, which is a few miles south of here, but uh, Dad had businesses in Opelika, so in 1941 we moved to Opelika at 404th Avenue. Yeah, well, several years ago, uh, there was a one that uh, had, uh, had relatives in Ohio, and so when he got here, and he asked uh, this, this relative, asked, where do you want to go? And he said, to Opelika, Alabama. And they said, there's two questions, where is it and why? And that's what he said, I was a prisoner of war there. So uh, people knew my interest in this, uh, and so they called me into when he was, came in. And so he and his family, I toured them around and took them out to the site of the camp and explained to them. And he could, he could, he could uh, recreate in his own mind by looking at certain land things. And in fact, as we started up one street, there was a railroad siding that ended up right there at the prison walk-in where they could bring them in by rail. A lot of times they would put them out in Opelika if they were on the Atlanta, New Orleans route and not going on the central of Georgia. They would put them out there and march them two miles to the camp. But uh, in this case, and when we came pulled up that way, he said, wait, that's where we, they unloaded us. And, and the rails, rails were still in place of what was happening. He said, when that night we came in after midnight and they told us, they ordered us off the train and onto the ground right now and said, you lie down in this field till morning. And he said, at that time, we thought they were going to massacre us, going to kill us. I said, fella, if you could have known the fact that every soldier that was guarding you was scared, slap silly, that you were going to escape too. Kyle, I felt like I was there. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, and and I loved when he talked about not only was the soldier might be scared, but he was scared as well. And and really, that's what these stories are all about. Is you really you get you you learn something new. And and how many of us have been in those incidents where, you know, you've been interacting with somebody and you know that they are frightened, but you're frightened as well. So, I mean, I think this is a very interesting story and and one that I was really glad that we were able to capture in the project. Well, I think we saved one of the best stories for last. And this is from Doris Cannon Blumquist. She was 93 years old. And this was in November of last year. And unfortunately, Ms. Blumquist passed away in June of this year. So it was this is an example of how important it is to sit down when you can with your loved one and record a story. And I think this is one of the most fascinating stories I've ever been told about how you can find love very late in life. Doris Cannon Blumquist. I've been here 93 years. I grew up at Lake Condi, but that was my grandfather's place. And we also had a house out there. So I, until I was a teenager, I, that's where I lived. I see the children I taught as grown-ups now, and I'm really proud of most of them. I'll have to tell you a tale. Doorbell rang one day, and Albert went to the door, and the young man wanted to see Mrs. Cannon. Albert invited him in, and he said, I just came to thank you. You failed me in the fourth grade, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. He went on to school and got an engineering degree and had retired. He saw the need for school then. We were talking about 
getting along with Auburn. That's where I met this gentleman back before you were born mm -hmm. in 1936. He graduated from Auburn in engineering. Oh, okay. And I had met him at a dub supper that a lady here in town had. She wanted her son, who was in Auburn at the time, and a friend of this gentleman to meet some Opelika girls. And I got paired up with this gentleman. I graduated in 39 after he graduated in 36. He went to Chicago to work. I went to Cullman, Alabama. I introduced him to his first wife, and Murdis died. And one day my doorbell rang. Charlie had died, my husband. And the doorbell rang, and there he stood. It'd been 60 or 70 years since we'd seen each other. Brought back a lot of old feelings. That was in December, and in February we married. We've been married seven years. Isn't that a great story, Carolyn? It's so poignant, and to have her voice now. It really is important to do that. And she was someone who was very open. I came into her home and with a microphone, and we just sat and talked. And that's really what's great about this, too, is it's really just two people talking. Now, she was very gracious with me because we had just met that day. But imagine if you're sitting down with a loved one, the shared experiences that you can have and how easy it is for us to talk to each other that way. And that's really what this project is all about. So we really want to remind people that the National Day of Listening is tomorrow. They can sit down with a loved one, go to storycorps.org. Find out everything you need to know to do this interview. And then if you'd like, we'd love to have it be part of the East Alabama Memory Project. And you can contact us at info at eastalabamaarts.org. And we'll give you instructions on how you can have that be a part of our archive. And they get a CD. They get a CD, a copy of that, that they can pass down to future generations. That makes this Thanksgiving holiday a really memorable occasion. It does. We have much to be thankful for. So this being Thanksgiving Day, it's a very, very special day. And we've been talking about how important it is to share stories and how important it is to, for listeners to, to understand each other. And I would like to offer our listeners a special treat by asking you a couple of questions today, if you wouldn't mind. All right. And, and I w wanted to, s to ask you, what's the most memorable interview that you've ever done? That is a hard one. I have interviewed almost 20,000 people. That's amazing. And... I've interviewed famous people. I've interviewed people who are people you run into on in your everyday walk in life. And I love all of them. I, I think I'm so lucky to do this. Probably the most memorable occasion was having lunch with President Reagan at the White House. And I was among a group of news people, and that was back in 1988 when he was mad at the Washington Press Corps, so he invited the regional reporters there. That was a really memorable occasion because his wife's mother had just died. Oh, really? And he was talking about her at the table, and it was just a special time. So you've interviewed the president, or you've been, you've been in the presence of the president of the United States. Did you get to interview him? No, no, but the Secretary of the Interior called me and wanted me to interview him, so that was uh, the next day. Wow. Well, w would you mind if I ask you what makes you the happiest in your, in your job in radio every day? 
Kyle just coming to work and being able to share the airwaves with these terrific people who walk in this door or who are on the other end of that telephone. I am so lucky because it is such a stimulating job. I bet you feel this way, too. I always think it's a privilege when somebody sits down and shares their story. It's something that we always want to be very respectful of. And and we take the time when we're either editing or listening or speaking with somebody to make sure that they fully feel like they have been able to voice whatever is important to them. And I I think our listeners know from your interviews that that's something that comes through that you really care about. Well, it's like sharing part of their lives. And you're sharing it in the same time and space with the listeners. And I always, Kyle, and I know you do too, I visualize the listeners the whole time we're talking. I'm concentrating on the guest, visualizing the listeners, and it just feels like we're all in here together. That's right, because that is one of the great things that radio can do, is it really can take you into all these different places and be with you in a lot of different ways. And so I think whenever whenever you are talking with somebody, that is one, one very important aspect of it. I just want to thank you so much for all of your time on the airways that you've shared with the listeners. I want to thank you on behalf of the listeners, of which I am one, and how much you have enlightened our day every, coming into our homes and our cars and at every day at noon. And it's, it's a real privilege to be able to work with you here. Well, Kyle, we are in your debt because you have enlarged our scope. You've broadened our reach, and you've shared your talent with us so generously. And we are thankful for you and, as you pointed out, for our radio listeners. Well, thank you, Carolyn, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Would you pass me some of that cranberry sauce you brought? I will once I get finished. (laughs) Kyle Gassett, our guest today on Community Focus, and we thank you for sharing your Thanksgiving with us here at Troy University Public Radio. We'll take you back to Troy for the remainder of your news hour. Again, if you would like to get your, your story, your recording, onto the East Alabama Arts Memory Project, email info at eastalabamaarts.org. Our program is a public service of Troy University. That smiles up at us from underneath the dew. Darling, I'm thankful to you. You seem so far above me each time you...